<laughs> oh yeah, my. Uh, I'm glad that didn't fucking. This is how we're starting right here. <laughs> That's that's my fucking reminder. That's the intro. By the way, you're listening to the Thunder Underground <laughs> podcast. Fuck you. My name's Trent. This is Jason. How are you doing, my friend? I'm serious. We're a girlfriend. I'm doing good, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> We've got a, a great episode here. We're going to talk about some some new music that just came out, and we're going to talk in a bit to Sprout from Kingshifter. Yes. We had a set-down conversation with him. He was kind enough to invite us into his household, and we laughed a ton, got some great info out of him. Some good stories. Yeah, I think it turned out great. And before we get into that, we wanted to mention that uh, this past Friday, because new music is now released on Fridays, in case you're out of the loop. That started here like a month ago, I think. It's like a worldwide deal. But anyway, this past Friday, we had new stuff from... Disturbed, Pop Evil, Act of Defiance, Ghost, Buck Cherry, Nelson. Well, no, Nelson's been out a while, but mm-hmm. you just kind of started listening to that. And uh, who am I forgetting? Lynch Mob. Yes. And The Sword. So let's kick off with The Sword. We just talked, you know, a little bit about them on the last podcast with Steve Ray. Yeah. Because he's a big fan. And, yeah. And they're a band I kind of, you know, I've been into for a while, but never really got you know, deep into him, but this new album, you know, it's a, it seems a little bit more, I don't know what the right word is, laid back than the, the previous stuff, but it's still, it sounds like the sword, it's got yeah. that kind of, you know, stoner rock clutch vibe to it like it's always had, and it's it's a great album. Cool, I have not finish. heard it yet, um, you know, you say that they're, it's kind of laid back, but it still sounds like them, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't that's, know. If, that's cool when bands can do that, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's still got that same sound vibe, but it's just a little more, mm-hmm. you know, not as in your face. I guess I don't know yeah. if it really was ever near in your face, but you know, right on. And we've got new. I know we've both digging on this new ghost. This. Let's talk about this. Yes. Ghost. I I I love this. I think. I don't. I don't know if I want to say I love it better than Infestus Mum, because that's just. But it's just so different. But it's the same, kind of like I just said. You know, it's uh, it's heavier. But it's heavier in their way. You know, they're not getting growly or crazy or anything. Uh, it's just a little meaner and a little less epic than the last one. There's some great guitar solos on here. I've got to. I've got to think that behind their masks, they're doing insane guitar faces <laughs> because there's some. There's some pretty sweet solos on this record. Uh, it's just a, just a, another another good one from those guys. They can't do any wrong. I mean, if you if you love Satan, if you love '70s type kind of stuff. Uh, if you love eerie, kind of epic, uh, again, Satan, <laughs> this is your band. I mean, it's just, it's good stuff. I, it, they did not they did not let me down. No, I, at first listen, I almost like it better than the first two albums. Really? But that's hard, that's hard to say, because like you said, that, that see, second one is just great. Yeah, well, Man. the first one, I mean, is just, the first one is, you can't beat that. Yeah. I don't think. But you mentioned. But this is great. Don't get me wrong. You mentioned on an earlier episode we did where, you know, how they kind of 
they've themed each each album yes has its own kind of sound and and like i said this one's a little more evil and i mean not really more evil just a little more heavy Mm -hmm. and it just kind of like even that first singles uh cerise you know had that kind of slayer vibe to it and that opening guitar yeah and you know it's just it's different but it's still ghost you know Yeah. yeah and well uh what do you think about the new buck cherry I've I like it a lot, but I'm still I don't know. It's the last couple albums they made, like All Night Long and that one about the Seven Deadly Sins or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it's called, I forgot. Were good, but they're just don't really jump out at me like the first four albums did. Yeah. So, but there's several songs on here like Cradle and Wood and. The madness that are they're great songs, and I mean mm. they 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 always have great songs in their albums. Yeah, but I don't know. Just after you know a couple of listens, I'm not like throwing it up there. You know, with their top, you know, the first two or three albums. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, what do you think? I, I like bring it on back. <clears throat> I I kind of see what you're saying. I think that uh, you know they're one of those bands where I could make I could make a great fucking mixtape. Yeah, you know, because they, that would span their career because each album has, you know, a lot of great songs, but there's also some songs you don't really that don't really stick to you. So you know, and also, it, <clears throat> you know, you can't really do uh, these, you know, sex sexually charged, you know, you know, eighties uh, type. God, I don't, I hate to say that, but songs like tight pants and wood and shit like that because you know it's like get the fuck out of here i mean i I get it but i don't but somehow buck cherry can still do that shit and it makes sense and you're like yeah i got wood yeah you know i mean it just and it doesn't it's not dumb I, i don't know so they have managed to make that still sound cool in a way and uh you know i i'll play it again i'll listen to it again what do you think about Active Defiance? I heard that record. I haven't heard it all yet. I ha- I've heard most of it. It's chock full of talent. You know it's got to be. You've got guys from Megadeth, guy from Shadows Fall, the guy that's played with Joey Jordison. And Broderick was even in Jag Panzer. <sighs> yeah, uh, Nevermore. Nevermore. Never- that's when I first saw him. Yeah. I was playing with Nevermore, a show that you didn't go to. Yeah, or did you? Oh, you just showed up in time for the headliner. No, I saw Nevermore. I missed Evergrey. That's oh, like one of my biggest, okay. my lifelong concert regrets. Uh, yeah, you're a dumbass I still haven't that. seen the almighty Evergrey. Uh, but anyways, it, it, this is a great record. It's full of guitar, great guitar. You know, I'm still, I'm still working on it. I'm still digesting it. Well, what do you think Nothing's, of the vocals? Because I've read mixed reviews. I, well, I like the vocals. The guy can sing. He can growl. It's just I, I haven't. Nothing's really stuck out. There's no like memorable, you know, memorable. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you a chorus of anything right now. But I'm still new to it, so the verdict's still out. I mean, you know, it's straight up heavy metal, and you can't go wrong with that. Right. Well, another new one was Lynch Mob, and I know you probably haven't listened to that because you're not. not you're not really a geek for them like I am. Well, but then let's let's hear it. Yeah, this is up there with uh, 
I mean, their their first two albums are great. The first album's obviously the greatest thing they yeah. ever did. And they had this album about five, six or seven years ago, Smoking Mirrors, that is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And then they've done a couple of things since then, like EPs and they had an album even last year that had like six or eight songs on it. Yeah. And they're they're always good, but this one's at another level. It's back up, you know, equal with Smoking Mirrors and Wicked Sensation. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's the core of the band again, Jeff Pilson and Oni Logan and George Lynch. Yeah. And it sound like every single song there's like no filler. His voice, you know, is as good as it ever was. He's got that amazing kind of soulful, bluesy, hard rock voice. Mm-hmm. And of course the guitar work is phenomenal. Well yeah. Yeah. And I can't I mean there's not much else to say other than that. It's just if you like that kind of, you know, blues centric hard rock, this is the album for you. So Pilsen was on this one, huh? Yeah, I know he's touring with him now. I don't know if he... Oh, wow. I haven't checked to see if he played the album. Well, who played drums on it, do you know? That I don't know. I know that... I haven't looked into all that. I know the Bullet Boys guy was touring with him. Yeah. But speaking of the Bullet Boys, we bring them up here in a little bit. We will. Hold on, well, though. Well, we don't bring them up, sorry. Hold on, though. Okay. You still don't know who's playing drums for Lynch Mob. You need to get on that. I just told you. I don't know if he's playing on the album. Okay. It might right. be Wild McBrown. I don't know. Well, I saw him live. These, through, are, the, these are the things we need to know. So. I saw him live three or four years ago, and Mick Brown was playing. So, handle your shit, Trent. Yeah. Handle your shit. Okay. Well, speaking of handling shit, how's the new Nelson album? You know, those guys <laughs> are going to be very disappointed to hear you say that. I just had to throw it in. I love them. I'm not going to because lie. this new album. <laughs> I I liked it and I'm not ashamed of it. it the production is fucking out of this world. <clears throat> you know, Metallica, are you listening? Uh, I it's just it's just crystal clear. Uh, it's executed perfectly. There's just some uh, just great, just crunchy fucking you know, uh, just good time guitar on it. Those guys those guys could sing the phone book. You know, not to sound like an American Idol judge, but uh, it's just good stuff. Fun, catchy, you know, hard rock. Kind of like, uh, kind of like the new Trickster album is. Just, you know, crack open some beers or hit the highway and roll the windows down. It's just good time stuff. Yeah. I, I dig it. And, and those guys can write songs for days, and every one of them strong. They're great songwriters. Well, speaking of great songs, I wanted to mention I saw White Snake. That's last right. week, and this is the the Purple Tour where they're they're promoting the the album they released earlier this year, which is all Deep Purple covers from the David Coverdale era. How many Purple songs did they do? And they did five, I think, is what it cool. was. It might have been six, but it was. And I mean, that was. I'm sure there was probably a bunch of people there that came to hear, you know, the, the three or four big hits. And didn't know what they were listening to outside of maybe Burn. Mm-hmm. But that was easily the highlight for me, those songs. Yeah. Because they're just, first off, they're unbelievable songs. And then just performed by that band, which is full of top of the line. Um, you know, Tommy Aldridge, Joel Hoekstra, Reb Beach. And, of course, David Coverdale still sounds great. It had to be flawless. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, they just, they played the full versions of, you know, all those songs. Mm-hmm. Like, most of them, you know five and eight minute long songs and of course they hit all the 
the big hits and then they threw in stuff that I hadn't seen him play like Love Ain't No Stranger. Yeah. You know, because he kind of themes the tours around time period type stuff. But So, yeah, it's definitely a band to check out if you ever liked anything they ever did. Yeah. But especially now because you're getting to see something that, you know, next time you'll never hear these songs again live ever. Probably not. You know, unless Glenn Hughes is playing them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, now also, you know, uh, the new Iron Maiden song has hit the interwebs yes. this week. What are your thoughts on that? I was I was kind of surprised when I first heard it. Mm-hmm. It's it's great. Oh yeah, I like it. I mean, who wouldn't if you like Iron Maiden? Yeah. But I was kind of surprised how it was just kind of more in your face rock, hard rock. Yeah. You know? It was just yeah. kind of just had that, you know, his even his voice and the guitars were just, you know, straight up. You yeah. know, if that's a good way to say it, it wasn't, you know, this epic, you know, Iron Maiden journey, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, you know, I meant they were taking you on some kind of epic journey, not, I wasn't yeah. talking about the band. They just but, got in there and just started mashing nuts. Yeah. That's good. So you kind of wonder if that's a sign of like <clears throat> how the whole album is, or if that's just like, here's one track that, you know. Yeah. I bet it goes all over yeah. the place. But I mean, I, that's just me talking. Who knows? Yeah. I haven't heard it, so. I saw, did you see that thing that they've got a, a track that I guess they wrote about Robin Williams. Really? Yeah, called Tears of a Clown. And it's wow. not it's not a Smokey Robinson cover, it's the name of this their own song. But well this one will probably be better than the Smokey Robinson song. I don't know. That's one of the greatest Motown songs ever. We'll I'm being see. serious. I fucking love that song. We'll see. Well we got do we got anything else we want to mention? Nah, I mean that was, you know that's some of the new stuff that we're digging. So uh, you know Go check it out, you know. Uh, don't think you'll be disappointed. Yeah, a little something for all different Yeah, for tastes. everybody. Yeah. That's right. And there's an album called 26 Tons by Kingshifter, which came out a couple years ago now, but it's the newest release they got out, and it's it's great from beginning to end. You know, if, if you like heavy rock, you know, that's got grooves and riffs and powerful, soulful vocals, then... You're gonna dig this. That's right. And we get into a little of that, and you know, hearing this this chat coming up. But definitely check out Twenty Six Tons. You can, I'm sure you can buy it on on iTunes and Amazon, whatever else. But they, they've that. got their music on Reverb Nation and Bandcamp and Spotify. Yeah, it's uh, you know King Shifter. We talked to Sprout, and that's what we're about to get into. Uh, I thought it was a great conversation, a lot of laughs, uh, a couple of good stories. Um, he he was n- not at a loss for words. You know, <clears throat> we're rock fans. You know, first and foremost, we're metal geeks. We're rock geeks. We're 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 kind of new to this whole podcast thing. We're getting better, uh, and uh, sometimes though there's still a lull, and. If there's one thing that was cool about this interview, this chat with Sprout is, he, you know, he kept it going and he always had something cool to say and it was a great help and it was just a great conversation all the way around. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. I'm looking forward to hearing this one again myself. Yes. Check these guys out on, on Twitter. It's just at Kingshifter. And on Facebook, they're Kingshifter Rock. You know, just type that in. You'll find their Facebook page. It's got all their their info and their upcoming dates and you know they're hitting texas and oklahoma and i think illinois is coming up here in a couple weeks he talks about all that 
So while you're doing that, also don't forget to hit us up. We're thethunderunderground.com. We've got all our social media links on there. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is The Thunder Underground. And we've got playlists up for every episode. So we'll throw a playlist up for this, which will be episode 16, Sprout Companion Playlist. And it'll have all the stuff we, we mentioned in here. Some of his music and, of course, all the music he talked about. Which is which is wide and varied, which is the way it should be. Yes. Yes, kind of all over the place, which yes. is the way we've... As fans of music, you know, you love it whenever you meet other people that are into all kinds of stuff as well. That's how you got to do it. Yeah. You know, and, you know, just please be sure to like and listen and share. Uh, we got a new thing going on. The person who shares us the most, Trent will come to their work on their lunch hour and give them a foot massage. <laughs> Male right. or female, doesn't matter to him. We just, we just want to get the shares going. So, uh, that's what's going on so get to clicking people yes and if you uh, would like to sponsor our podcast don't forget to email us at thethunderunderground at gmail.com shoot us a message on facebook we'll sponsor you know we'll sponsor your product if i mean you'll sponsor us and we'll talk about your product oh whatever without a doubt yeah so anyway thank you for listening took over really everybody like the oldest living relative uh on the manual's end was there she's 101 years old Damn. and uh <laughs> she drank more blood light than my dad <laughs> she's sitting around all of us kids smoking blunts and shit I'm like god damn how'd you live so long man <laughs> that's why that's why <laughs> <laughs> for real she she got tore up man i she had to be helped out the Escalade and shit. <laughs> Set her down at her table and stuff. And she ate first. She got fucked up and then they helped her back into the Escalade. It's like, man, I wish I could be like that when I get. I get fucked up all the time and nobody know the damn difference. Yeah, yeah right. no kidding. I mean. <laughs> hey, you know, it gives us something to look forward to in our old age. <laughs> yeah, my grandmother said there's three birthdays I should be concerned about. 16, you're sweet. 21, you're legal. And at 65, you get at Denny's for half price. <laughs> so I think she was all right with that. <laughs> words of wisdom, words of wisdom. Oh, man. Oh, awesome. shit. So you guys just, off, yeah. just celebrated five years at the Cotillion the other night, right? Yes, we did, yeah. man. It was a it was a good night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah lots of booze, lots of friends, lots of debauchery. You know? yeah. Is that, you guys played the cotillion before right yes uh we've all played the cotillion before a few times opening up for national acts we opened up for uh, pop evil and uh, papa roach there and uh, texas hippie coalition just a few and over the years we've we've had fun playing there and we're fortunate enough to play there because before many years ago most local musicians didn't get a chance to play there because it's a place for national and regional touring yeah. acts most of the time right but music is uh becoming popular 
ever so more, much more than there ever has before in Wichita. And people are actually supportive of each other and venues and things like that. So it was really important for uh, local bands there to play at the Cotillion Ballroom. We always love that place. It's that's our canes. Yeah, that's, that's what <laughs> we're talking about on the way over here. Yeah. That's our canes. Yeah, I was gonna mention that because I know that yeah, around here everybody. You know, if you're a musician, you look. That's your dream is to get on that stage at the Canes or even right. a step up to the Brady. But so I imagine the Cotillion's the same. Oh, absolutely, right there. absolutely. Yeah, and we personally, we what's well, probably two or three years ago was the first time we ever went there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been to a few shows in Wichita, but I can't remember what the first. <clears throat> it was uh, Anthrax, Anthrax and Testament. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I just thought that was a great place to see a show. I mean. It, it just for some reason I've never experienced this in any other venue. Uh-huh. It could be packed, but it, it seems like there's you're never crowded. There's always you can get up close. I don't know. The cotillion, the cotillion is like that. It, yeah, the cotillion is like that with canes. Uh, the the design of the cotillion ballroom, um, its nickname is the round mound of sound yeah. because it's a round building. Yeah, and even it, I mean you, the acoustic it's not a bad spot for your ears in the house. Right. And it, it, you can get like 900 people in there, and it, it, it looks like it's just... But you're so close and intimate with everybody. I've seen Zach Wilde there in Black Label Society. Yeah. I've seen Anthrax with God Forbid. and I think that was the first tour Joey Belladonna came back. That was oh, so wow. cool. Oh, yeah. I was like, right on, it's Joey. You know? I love John Bush. He had a birthday recently, so... But uh, yeah, uh, the guy from Armored Saint, he's 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 awesome. Oh, we, yeah, he's yeah. One we love favorite. John Bush. Oh, yeah. Don't get us started. <laughs> we love both both versions, man. I do too. Exactly. I do too. Were you at the BLS uh, Unblackened show? No, I wasn't. I was on the road. Okay. okay, cool, cool. No, that was a good one. That was a good one. And we went to the Cotillion to see it. So cool. <laughs> yeah, and I I noticed. Uh, I think I probably missed it when it happened, but I noticed the other day. Looking through you guys' stuff, you played the main stage at Rockfest. Yes, in Cadott, Wisconsin. Yeah. Did yeah. That, was there a good, good crowd? I mean, oh yeah, yeah. The crowd was great. Yeah. The crowd was great. Uh, it was a noon slot, and you know, even for most rock and rollers, noon is too early. But yeah. people are ready to have a good time and party at noon. So yeah. right on. We were very happy to oblige them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, a lot of cool acts we worked with. Uh, some label mates, ADD, they were there. Um, there were some fans from Kansas there that have seen us in Wichita or really? Salina or some other place in Kansas. Yeah, plenty of those people around. I, I'm 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 really surprised at how many people actually get around so well. Yeah, yeah. You know, you have no idea these people are going to be there, and there <laughs> they are. Like we come to see you, dude. I'm like, I didn't know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And so it's always cool when you run into the hometown out of town. It makes there you feel you at go. home again. You know? Yeah. <laughs> right on. Yeah, what's the what's the farthest you guys have, have played out? Because I know you've kind of played all over the United States, right? But... The farthest west we've played has been Seattle, Washington. Wow. The furthest east we've been to, I believe, is Louisville, Kentucky. So we're still trying to break out onto the East Coast a little bit more, but we've been doing a we've pretty much covered yeah. <laughs> every state on the west uh, west of the Mississippi. Yeah, and so. you guys like um, you have 
you go out for periods of time or i mean how many shows do you guys think you do a year probably oh man I, i lost count i think the first year and a half two years of king shifter you know we'd always uh post a flyer to our uh picture section yeah. On our Facebook page, you know, after the first year and a half, I stopped counting the flyers, <laughs> and uh, the shows just got more and more. We always, in the beginning, we got in where we fit in, you know. Of course, we were able and wanting to do uh, a lot of touring from the start, but mm-hmm. you know, you got to work your way to that. So we did a lot of weekends, a lot of three a week, four week shows, and uh, we got signed by uh, Pavement Entertainment in 2013. So. Our workload uh, got really busy then. Cool. <laughs> but as far as touring is concerned, we, we've been out there a month, month and a half at a time. We might be home for maybe three weeks to a month, but yeah. we'll always be back out there. <laughs> yeah, before we started recording, you were talking about, I think you brought it up, the fact that you live in a separate, a different state from the rest of the guys. Mm-hmm. Is that... That's not really an issue, or does that make it hard to rehearse and that kind of thing? You just no. Um, we've been playing together for so long. There's not really much of a need to rehearse. Right. When you're doing four or five shows a week for a period of a month, True. I mean, if you don't know your material, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, a, a big part of that actually is that much of the material we've been playing since the beginning, five years ago, still, um, and so. It's 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 cool because there's a lot of people that haven't heard it that had a chance to hear it live, and kind of weird because we want to get right in some other stuff, but the demand is there, so yeah. we we hit the road and go to places that we've never been before because people want us there. Yeah, and so we 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 really do enjoy uh, <laughs> spreading the music around. We really do. Uh, I I believe that. Uh, this fall and winter, we're gonna take a break and write a new record. Cool, cool. So, I mean, do you do you do all the lyrics yourself? Yes, you know, I uh, I write the lyrics. Yes. You have just like notebooks, or do you like have a laptop or? Oh man, these days it's whatever you can. <laughs> you <just laughs> I, I've I have a you know you can go to the store and get those ninety eight cent composition books. Yeah. You know, yeah. Mo- most of what I write down and. On paper or in those composition books, or mostly thoughts, and <laughs> most of those thoughts kind of come together on their own. Yeah. If you're thinking about, usually, if you're thinking about certain things, and you find yourself branching off into another direction, that could easily be subject matter for another song. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I do things. Yeah. I'm there's I I, I feel like I'm in tune with the world a little bit too much because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think about things that people don't want to think about or say things that people don't want to say or wish they could say. Yeah. Well, that's good for, for music, you know, or for lyric. Oh, lyric absolutely. Material, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I mean, I got, I got to say, and you know, uh, on a personal note, uh, unbroken that song, uh, that was just a, the way, you know, you were talking about, you know, the government and, you know, you know, you get paid and it's gone as fast as you see it. Oh, yeah. I was just like, well, this guy knows what I'm talking about. So, I mean, that's, you know, to to have that to reach, you know, and, and to, like, tune into that, that's a cool deal. That's a cool deal. 
for sure. I mean, it's uh, there's a very human aspect of going to work. I mean, <laughs> you ever had a job you have to wake up early to go to, and you see minimum satisfaction out of it. It may be you enjoy your job, but the comp- compensation isn't what it should be. Yeah. Everybody has a right to get more if they do a good job. But um, uh, I also think that uh, many people spend a lifetime doing things that they never enjoyed and they never got a chance to, you know, see things and do things in their life that they wish they could have. Mm -hmm. And not because necessarily they had to go to work, but because they're doing something that they never enjoyed or something that they've settled with. Mm -hmm. And uh, I grew up in a family full of men and women that did that. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the reasons I am who I am today. (laughs) Hey, it's, yeah, it's uh, something you there's see. no there's no shame in it at all. Yeah. But yeah, you see it a lot more from that older generation. I think if they just accept the way that things were, I think maybe now people are more willing to take a chance than people used to be 20, 30, you know, 40 years ago. I heard my father the other day. He goes, "I remember when I was twenty four, I was busting my ass working. Now there's this twenty four year old pimple faced geek with glasses making a thousand dollars an hour behind a computer, and he doesn't <laughs> see the light of day from his right. house." Right. So yeah, pops. Times they are changing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Well, back on like writing and lyrics. Do you? I don't know how to word this. Do you write stuff? Do you write the lyrics based off of uh, riffs that the guys come up with, or do you like just have your lyrics and fit it to what it'll work with? That kind of thing. Or do you write after you hear the music? Well, or, one of the reasons I simply write uh, ideas and thoughts down is because uh, at that time I haven't heard any music yet. So, um, I'll hear a riff and it could either be this riff kind of makes me feel this way. So I'll go to the book or it could be, um, I have something in mind that I want to try that I'm not doing right now. And basically that's how 26 tons ended up lyrically. Anyway, I sat there and did the lyrics quick. And then it, was, it wasn't that long after, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to scrap the whole thing. Like, I wrote the lyrics twice to those records. Cause I, I went back after reading them all and hearing them with the music uh, and, and was just like, you know, I think I can articulate some things a little bit better. I think I can be a little scarier here. I think I can be a little more, more blunt here. I think I can be a little truth, more truthful here. Uh, I think it was more about the meat and potatoes of the lyrics instead of what's actually being said. You know, (laughs) I, I, anybody can say words, but they've got to have substance and that's what I, that's what I wanted it to be. Yeah. And and every, everybody else in the band, they attack their job with the same type of, um, with the same type of mentality. You know, I know Kevin, he'll sit there and he'll play with a riff and he'll record it and he'll sleep on it a day or two and he'll be like, all right. It's ain't to my liking, or this is badass. I'm keeping this. I mean, you ain't gonna know until it comes out of his kitchen. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> he'll 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 put the riffs down. Nice. But everybody in the band pretty much attacks the writing of what they do with the same yeah precision and the same uh, the same drive. Cool. Cool. Well, say. Uh... This is a question we like to ask people. Say someone, random person's listening to this that has never heard King Shifter. Mm-hmm. How would you describe it? 
Um, I would describe kingship to us some good old down home hard ass rock and roll. You know, we're not, we're not. I like that. Yeah, we're not out to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> we're not some rock and roll band sent back through time to a post apocalyptic world to save the music business. We're not some band that's out there playing dress up and wearing some, you know, somebody's yeah. clothes or auto tuning and shit like that. It's just four motherfuckers doing what they do best. Right. And that's that's what I enjoy about King Shifter. It's it's not about uh it's not about glitz, it's not about glamour. We don't need to do King Shifter to make a living. Yeah. We love to do it and it works, man. Oh man, I I, I wish you guys see everything, man. You guys would be like, Holy shit <laughs> There's still a band you know? I wish you guys could see all the cool stuff that happens in a band and all the hard stuff that keeps you together. I mean, a band is like having a wife. Yeah. You got three other dudes in the band in the marriage, too. We all got our hang-ups. We all got our, you know, quirks and things like that. But to be in a band that does this for any extended period of time, you really get to know those people, and they really do become a part of you. Definitely. And that's one that's one of the major things that keeps me in, in, in the band. You know, it's, it, it's the one thing that's uh, not once in my time with them has ever made me think feel like leaving yeah you know it's really hard to find musicians to jam with like that and and and, you know it's you know everyone has hang-ups and problems with each other or whatever from time to time but you know the what you guys create together is you know like uh, i'm not i'm not good at math what's that saying the sum is better than the uh, the parts or something like that. Something cool the parts or yeah. <laughs> so that, I graduated, but I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, yeah. I, I just ruined this interview. <laughs> no, you didn't. Man. <laughs> but I know what you're saying. That's, right, that's, right, right, right. And and I also liked what you said a minute ago about you know not reinventing the wheel, and you know that you know that and you recognize it. I think makes you guys that much more powerful because it's got to be hard to reinvent the wheel nowadays because everything's done and everything's there's so much stuff and just just to get out there and just slam it you know you that's know, that, refreshing that 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 is interesting you know i mean for the most part like you said there really hasn't been much that hasn't been done yeah you know, the older I got and the more curious I became about music in general, I just started being a student instead of somebody who thought they knew something. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can go back to Wagner or Pagnini or <laughs> that's just heavy metal without electricity, man. Right. <laughs> you know, great point. Yeah. Some, some Mozart's air supply without the Australians, you know. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Every every period in time had its heavy stuff, yeah. had its more emotional, emotionally driven music. Uh, even in those days, would be seen to an extreme. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, we're so used to these extremes and we're so used to it; it's not necessarily something we haven't heard anymore. So, I think what music should really revert back to is not necessarily the technicality or style. But they should revert back to the attitude and the feeling rock and roll contains, because that's what makes rock and roll yeah. rock and roll. Yeah, that's that's what that is. <laughs> people really, <laughs> a lot of people I know really get that twisted sometimes, and it takes a lot to dig down and look at it that 
particular perspective because everybody likes what they like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, in, in its purest form, rock and roll should make you want to drink, fight, and fuck. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and that is, <laughs> that is, that is it. And, you know. My, my rock and roll roots stem from my grandfather playing me old Chuck Berry, Little Richard records. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's as grassroots rock and roll as it gets. Yeah, no you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, solo, duck walk, <laughs> chorus in in the ending. I mean, that's it, you know, and and these guys put on shows too. It wasn't so much the music. The music was awesome, but when you saw these people live, they were they were rock and roll, the movement, the 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 fluency of what they were doing, the smoothness of Little Richard. I mean, holy shit! Yeah. I think, I'm s- sorry, kids. I'm getting excited over something old. But, it, it, but if you put yourself in that position, it's 1955 in Macon, Georgia. You're about to watch a show from a man and his band that are playing something called the Chitlin Circuit under Jim Crow laws. Hopefully, you didn't fall asleep in history class. But imagine you're a white kid and you see this. Just close your eyes and hear this music. You're just going to dance to it. There was just no getting around it. It didn't matter who you were. You were going to get the fever, dude. That's just how yeah. it was. And it yeah. drove the kids nuts. Same thing goes on today. <laughs> <laughs> Same yes. thing. It well, speaking, sure speaking of that, like, where did you go from from Chuck Berry and Little Richard? What was next? I mean, what, what got you into... I mean, I don't want to jump clear to like... Hard rock and metal, but right. I mean, like, what was the the next thing after that for you? Well, pretty much um, my upbringing. I grew up. Uh, I was raised by a preacher. He, my stepdad, when I was uh, six months old, and he he got he married my mother, and you know I had a brother and a sister from that. But uh, in my household, it was always uh, gospel music, and I've heard enough Luther Vandross to put an elephant to sleep. <laughs> I love Luther, man, but I'm just tired of hearing him, you know. I love you, Luther. You and wherever you at, dude. But, man, I'm just tired of hearing that shit. The Temptations, a lot of Motown I still listen to today. Stax Label, Isaac Hayes, Otis Redding, Sam and Dave, that type of stuff. Grew up listening to it. But there was always just this part of me, I guess, uh, attributed to my ADHD. There was just something in uh, rock and metal that... Uh, hit my aggressive buttons a lot more than NWA did. Somebody's like, really? <laughs> Dude, they were pretty rough. I'm like, have you ever listened to Cannibal Corpse? <laughs> have you ever, you know, have you ever seen Guar? <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're a bloodthirsty, rock and roll loving kid, you're going to... Imagery was the trick back those days. Every Iron Maiden cover, you had Eddie. Exactly. There's just there's just certain things as a kid that I remember that just stand out as iconic when it comes to music and wanting to buy it. Yeah. There's one point in my youth I didn't care like what the band sounded like as long as that cover looked killer, yeah. you know, like yeah. yeah, yeah. The better the cover, the more you wanted it, right? It, 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 it made it sound better somehow, especially <laughs> if it's a band you already like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's face it. In my opinion, Metallica's Black Album pretty much matched the cover. (laughs) Now, by definition, black is not a color. Black is the absence of color. I don't know what happened there. But I ain't mad at Metallica, you know. I ain't mad at them, dude. They they, they paying their bills, dude. There you go. They paying their bills. That's right. 
My opinion don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you still have the first four to listen to, right? right. <laughs> it's not like it's not like they never made anything that I didn't enjoy. Yeah, right. There's bands like that. I'll sit there and talk shit on them all day. I just can't do that with Metallica. <laughs> I can't. They're great. Yeah. What can I say? <laughs> but, but you know, as a, as a fan, you do have the right to say that because there's some you invest in that. You know. So yeah. well, I think in our time period, I think we have the right. I think anybody born after 2005 doesn't have the right. Yeah, <laughs> chances are they never bought a Metallica record. So yeah, it's chances like... are they never bought any records. <laughs> you know, I was talking to somebody the other day about it. They were like, man, we, we all agree that something needs to change as far as, you know, record sales or blah, blah, blah. But what do we do? I said, well, it's all easier said than done. How you how are you going to convince an entire generation already that has never paid for music to all of a sudden start Sorry. buying it? Right. Yeah, that's that's the challenge. Yeah, that's the question. And it's funny you bring that up. In a lot of these that we've done, that's a thing. Is where do we what do we do? Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> and you don't know. No, we there there's things there's things going on right now to tell you that the future's looking grim. Yeah. But we really don't know for sure what's going to happen. I mean, vinyl sales have gone back up to a point to where it's not a trend anymore. And I I think. I think it all goes down to its collectability. Um, it's nostalgia. Because I think records sound better mm-hmm. than compact is. There's just something, uh, not to sound cliche, but the warmth and the presence of analog. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think people are really starting to understand that they're tired of buying air. Yeah. Yeah, that's when you... When, I mean, yeah, you're, you're, the song you like is 99 cents, but what are you really getting? Right. What are you really getting? You don't have anything to show for your air except for a file on your computer or your <laughs> cell phone. That's not worth 99 cents. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not. That's for sure. But yeah. since, the, since the internet revolution, bands and labels have tried all kinds of things to see what works and what doesn't. But I'll tell you what works. Put the money in the band's hand directly. That works. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> you can never go wrong. Never go wrong. You, you're for sure to support your, your favorite band when you do that. Sure. I mean. Yeah, I've tried to do that. You know, buy CDs of bands, you know, at mm-hmm. their merch table because I assume everything's going to them. Right. Right. Or they're getting, getting their money back plus whatever to think. I mean, I think you mentioned that in a recent one that, like, it's kind of a down period, you know. So mm-hmm. you would think. 10 years from now, it could be a totally different landscape to where it's actually good for artists again. Yeah. But it could also be a shithole, shit too. You know I mean, yeah, I, mean I, I don't know. I, there's, this is literally a point where we have no idea where it's going to go. Well, one thing's for sure. Once the old school, there there is no arena rock anymore. There's no one filling out large stadiums and arenas anymore. Once the Stones are gone, once Cooper is gone, Alice Cooper, once... Once all the greats are gone, who's next? Because they're not giving anyone new a chance. Well, what's yeah. it? I mean, what's it going to be? Five Finger Death Punch and Avenged Sevenfold? I don't know. <laughs> well, I, you know, that's kind of bleak in a way. I can see your Maybe. point. Yeah, for I, sure. I mean, totally. I mean, if you're into a certain type of music and if you're into a certain type of um, counterculture, support it. Because those are the things that are going to make the limelight. You know, I guess 
you know, one thing you can't take away from those two acts in particular, that they have droves of fans that really appreciate and love what they do. So, therefore, because of them, they're not going to go away. Because I know the business all too well, like many of us do. You know, if you don't have those people, your longevity, you may be able to continue going on your life, uh, playing music and being content and happy with it. But you won't have that type of level of success as you would if you don't have the fans to back you. Mm -hmm. That's why going out there and playing places as many as possible and playing to as many new people as possible is important. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, getting on tours and opening, I, you know, I mean, even if it's for a band you might not like, but but they have a ton of fans. (laughs) <laughs> you know, uh, I would I would imagine that'd be something to go for other than, I don't know. We went on tour with Tantric twice last year. Really? Wow. Yes. Wow. And, uh, I, How you was know, your reception on that? Like from fans? Oh, it was great. Really? I mean, we we were pretty much in front of their fans. That's right. We, we have fans all over the country and people that showed up to shows. But, you know, them cats have sold over a million records. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they've done that in their career and they've had the commercial radio success. So it was interesting to see how they function and how they worked. And they're very professional guys and they're really cool guys. And, uh, man, they're more than willing to share their food or their beer. Cause you know, them cats, they get more than what they need anyway. Sometimes, right. You know, <laughs> so they're like, man, come on, y'all get y'all a beer, you know, or get something off this meat and cheese tray. I think I borrowed Hugo's coffee mug like eight times that tour <laughs> for my throat coat, you know. <laughs> Just nice guys, you know. And the only thing I really knew about him was that uh, single breakdown. Right. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing I knew of him before that. And, you know, I got to see see what goes on live. Like, right on. And so you get to hang out with them every night and see what they do. It's just cool. You know, I never thought in a million years, you know, I'd be on tour with Tantric. <laughs> Who thought? Yeah, but it happened. It was fun. <laughs> well, speaking of that, like, who's a? Are there any bands that, like, who's your? Who would be an ideal band that you'd love to tour with if you had the chance? Oh man! Besides, obviously, like opening for Avenged Sevenfold or something. But I mean, like, <laughs> I would. The obvious answer. I mean. Oh man, I would. I would love to be on tour with. Uh, Clutch, Down, Crowbar. I really love Orange Goblin. Orange Goblin's my shit right there. (laughs) I love Orange Goblin. Uh, Wow, who else? I did say Crowbar, huh? Yes. I think that would be about it. (laughs) There's other bands I'm pretty sure I haven't heard out there that I'd love to tour with, and I hear new stuff that's really cool all the time. Mm So that gives me hope, because <laughs> you never know one of these one of these other players might come up. You know, yeah. there's some kids in a garage somewhere right now, ready to kick your <laughs> yeah. ass. You know, I remember when I was 14, we weren't that determined. <laughs> <laughs> these kids are on Steve Vai level right now, man. I'm like, dude, like, dude, there was a kid <laughs> in Guitar Center one day. I mean, he had to be like nine, and he was like, just. Shredding it, huh? I'm like, there's no way when I was nine, I didn't. I was still trying to beat Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> That's crazy, yeah. yeah that. I, I had I had like instruments as a kid, but I never really got interested until I turned like 13 or 14. But I remember I got my first guitar, it was an electric guitar. It was sitting around my grandfather's house. Oh, you could have it, you know. I just tore it the hell up. 
I didn't play it. <laughs> the early days of MTV were really influential. Yeah. You, know, you could do crap on MTV and imitate it. Yeah. I think I got my ass beat one good time because I was six and I stuck a guitar string that broke into the light socket. I kind of shit myself. <laughs> but take those as a lesson, children. <laughs> If the 110 watts don't work or volts don't work or get you, your parents will. Yeah. Oh, and it's the amps that kill you. <laughs> Not the voltage. Yes. <laughs> was that it? Was that the extent of your uh, instrument playing, or did you? Uh, no, I I, st- I still play guitar from oh, time to time. Cool. Yeah, I. Uh, I do a solo acoustic set sometimes. Sometimes okay. I uh, do a song with John Hawada when the, from the Joint Effect. Right. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, I just I still like playing acoustic guitar. And I pl- I started out playing hardcore punk guitar in a band called uh, Sleepy Weasels. <laughs> <laughs> we we named that band after our favorite movie, Hot Shots. <laughs> You know that film with Charlie yeah, Sheen? I haven't seen that in forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was his name? Who was in that? Jeff Bridges' dad. Lloyd, Lloyd Bridges. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah he, he was using all those like films. They were funny. <laughs> but we call ourselves the Sleepy Weasels after the name of the operation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've always had fun playing an instrument. I played bass for a little while in a band. But that was a very long time ago. I've tried to play uh, instruments in other bands uh, in recent years. Because they're like, uh, you know what? No, you're a lot better off not holding a guitar. You're so much better as a performer and a singer in a microphone. Part of me was, well, thanks for the props. But it was like, you motherfuckers, man. Because guitar players can be kind of territorial, too. Either, either they much rather work alone or they're really feeding off who they're riding with. Yeah. You know, and a guitar player could be either way <laughs> at any time. <laughs> like, I've, I've met guys that have worked alone for years and they're like, wow, I want to work with that guy. And they worked with him. Yeah. Things went well. You know, right on. Cool, cool. Well, going back, who were your uh, biggest inf- early influences, like vocal wise, that made you want to be a singer? Otis Redding, he had this uncanny knack for begging for chicks in his music. <laughs> I loved Otis Redding. I love Little Richard. Phil Anselmo, I really enjoyed his stuff. Uh, Lynn Strait. Nice. He was kind of, for me, he was kind of proof that you really didn't have to sing. You just had to have that damn attitude, man. Yeah. Snot was nothing but attitude. Yeah. Undisputed attitude. Uh, LJ from Seven Dust, Corey Glover from Living Color. Really, really enjoy that guy in particular, Corey Glover. Oh, I love the shit out of LJ Witherspoon from Seven Dust, too. I I had a conversation with him a couple years ago. He was at the riot room in Kansas City, Missouri with his wife, and I was talking to him outside on the sidewalk, and we were just walking, talking for a minute to his car. I said, hey, LJ. He's like, what's up, man? I was like, man, everywhere I go, people compare me to your ass. He goes like, man, don't people know we look different? Because we both got a septum ring, dreadlocks. But I'm just like a foot and a half taller than the guy, you know? I just, He's short. He's short. I was like, yeah. I was like, sometimes you want to, you wonder if people actually paid money to for a ticket. They don't even know what you look like. 
But I was like, man, everywhere I go, people are comparing me to you. I was like, so who do people compare you to? He goes, man, I'll never, ever shake or escape Corey Glover. Wow. Uh, you know, I That's was like, almost just a, a stereotypical thing in a way, too. Well, because, I, I mean, I don't really hear. I mean, he's got the same kind of soulness, but not. The, that's what um, that, that's that's the thing I think that kind of connects uh, black vocalists, which there are plenty of white vocalists that have just as much soul. Man, there's a couple I can think of off the top of my head. It's fucking great. Yeah. But um, I think it's I think a lot of it. It isn't necessarily based off stereotype, but based off what they actually see. They don't see so many black, you know, rock singers, you know, at any given time. So the list or or pool is small to compare it to. Uh, I remember uh, we got a review for 26 Tons and uh, the guy who wrote the review complimented me on my vocals. But he also basically put me up there. With just about every black rock and roll singer in the last 30 years to ever hold a mic. Which the list is still small. <laughs> you know, Doug Pinnock was on the list. I love me some Doug Pinnock, man. I yeah. mean, King's X is the bomb. You know. As underrated as they come right there. Yeah. <laughs> you better believe it, dude. Yeah. I mean, some skills. <laughs> I, that's an old man that don't look old. <laughs> so... I mean, to, to see that, that he compared you like that, it's got to be like, oh, God, you know? I mean... I'm flattered, but it, it doesn't affect me. Yeah. You know? Because, um, just to, not to cut you off, but, like, yeah. like, you close your eyes, and he mentioned, you know, you hear Neil Fallon, you know? Like, you hear, I hear that more than I hear, you know, LeJean, you know? <laughs> Well, let me explain that. When people hear Neil Fallon and King Shifter, what they're hearing is doubled vocals. That's it, kids. <laughs> doubled vocals. Our voices sound nothing alike. You're just hearing doubled vocals. <laughs> See, I, I'm not saying it sounds right, like right, 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 right. You get right. That, that feeling, you know. So oh, it does have that groovy feel to it yeah. with the, the the tones and the the groveliness sometimes. Oh yeah, there's. Yeah. Total, total aspects of that in King Shifter. See, I didn't want to bring that up because I sometimes when you, well, no, that's cool. But like, you know, back when I was playing out, oh, your band sounds like this, your band sounds like that. And I'm like, what? I hate that band. Don't tell me that. <laughs> and I just like that whole for fans of thing. Totally. Right. So I didn't want to do that. You know what I mean? Well, it, 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 in some instances, it's kind of necessary because most of the people that ask me what if they've never heard King Shifter and they mm-hmm. ask me what we sound like, they're not gonna. They probably have never heard of the examples I'm gonna give them. Yeah, right. yeah you know, yeah, <laughs> that happens a lot. Yeah. No, I've never heard of corrosion of conformity. <laughs> Who's down? <laughs> I know Skinnerd. You know, yeah, God, yeah. <laughs> I don't tell them Skinnerd, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I but I, I guess it's whatever people can connect something to. Yeah. You know, there there's a there's a singer, his name is John Lancaster, and he was in this band that was on Century Media Records in the early nineties called Chum. And a friend of mine had this cassette tape uh of their full length album from Century Media called Dead to the World. He played it and I was like, Man, this music is the bomb. I was like, is the singer black? Because he had this Prince slash ready for the world type of voice. Mm-hmm. 
Somehow you totally wouldn't hear like something real slow. He's like, no, dude, here's a picture of him. I'm like, what? <laughs> he still blows my socks off, man, with his vocals, dude. He's so good. He's got a solo project just simply called John Lancaster. And I believe Mac Walker, who is uh, also in Chum, uh, is playing with him. So the music is good. Each John Lac- Lancaster record gets better and better. But, well, the, I mean, John Lancaster, his, his vocals are great. I mean, dude's got some soul. He's got some pitch, some accuracy. Boy can wobble, man. He's good. <laughs> He's good, dude. Right on. Right on. It, sometimes it ain't so much uh, screaming and growling yeah. and stuff, man. It's it's somebody actually putting their heart out there. I'm not saying that somebody doesn't. Somebody that screams doesn't. Yeah. But oh yeah. Different things come from different places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's sometimes that's the only way you gotta let something out. Sometimes. Oh, of course. You know. Of course. I'm about to lose mine. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah. Don't be alarmed, children. This is a bong rip. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. It's what? only me puffing it. Just so somebody ain't getting in trouble and shit. <laughs> Don't let somebody get don't let somebody get in trouble for what I do. <laughs> it's probably the most like sober it. interview I've ever had. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> should have done this Friday night. No, man, it's all good, man. I have a good old time. Yeah. It's not every day like somebody like does an interview and they ask good questions. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think the I think the guys in my band can agree with me when I say this. We've had interviews where they were just kind of it was just kind of bonkers. Yeah. Really? They didn't, they didn't want news or updates. They just, or thought they yeah. wanted humor. Yeah. They knew, they know they didn't get that shit out of me. So yeah. I kind of played into that, but then I got tired of it. You know? Yeah. Like, I only got so many jokes and I want to save the best for, you know, <laughs> well, I'm glad you think our questions are good. <laughs> well, for real, man, you guys, you guys, you guys do your thing, man. Uh, I, I listened to the uh, interview with Steve Ray last week. Oh yeah, man, that guy is kind of like a mentor to me. Really? Yeah, he's a. Uh, I met him in 2009. <laughs> Once again, as a kid, I listened to this record called Pitbulls on Crack. Okay, <laughs> and Steve was a singer at one point in the band. <clears throat> But I met him and we became tight, became friends and stuff. I'll call that dude on the road. Hey, what's going on, man? <laughs> dude, you're on the road. What are you calling me for? You're my friend. You know, they're like, oh, all right, dude, how you doing, man? Like, I don't want any money, you know. <laughs> you know, it's really cool when you get a telephone call and somebody ain't asking for something. It's like, how you doing? Like, how you doing? I'm all right, Steve. <laughs> No, man, but that's my dog, man. Yeah. We we're, we're 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 friends. Yeah, yeah. He was a, that was a great that was a great interview. He was awesome. Yeah, we had grown up, you know, seeing them open for a bunch of bands and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but never. That's the first time I think I'd ever met him. So it was great. Right. Yeah, yeah. Cool I to mean, get to know him is a good dude. I, I never got a chance to see him, you know, uh, until Oklahoma Braves. Oh, okay. okay. And so, uh, you know, I'm. I always, I always push them boys. Oklahoma Ray shirt on the road and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I love that guy. And the band's pretty good too. Yeah, the band's really, really good. I can't wait to hear this new album they're about to put out. Yeah. Yep. Well, besides, uh, like John Lancaster and who else we mentioned, Phil and guys like that, that are you know current. Mm-hmm. Like, who's some other current musicians? 
singers or just bands in general mm. that you really that you're uh, digging? Well, um, I haven't. Well, I can't say they're current, but I had to say that new Bullet Boys record is the bomb. Really? Yeah. Really? I've heard. I heard several guys on Sirius say that too. And Check it out, man. <laughs> the new Bullet Boys record is good. <laughs> That's all. That's awesome. I didn't even know they had a new one out. Yeah, yeah, man. I, mean, I know they tour and stuff. Yeah, the last time I saw them was in 2009. Me and uh, Kevin, the guitar player, King Shifter, we roll up to Salina, Kansas, about an hour and 15 minutes north of Wichita. And we go see the Bullet Boys in this club. And it was really cool. There were a lot of old ladies there with their dudes. A lot of old ladies with new titties. A lot of young chicks that didn't know who they were and shit. But man, they sounded so good. And I believe their uh, original bass player came back and was touring with them. And dude still sings great, and wow, it was great. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I know the drummer is touring with uh, Lynch Mob right now. Okay, random, George Lynch. Random note. Yeah, I didn't know that. I'll learn something new every day. <laughs> By the way, the new Nelson record's good too. <laughs> you wouldn't think that. Well, that same year, I saw Nelson at the Midwest Rock Fest in Wichita, yes. and Mark Slaughter was playing lead guitar. I... I've seen that on YouTube. I was like, is that Mark Slaughter? (laughs) Then they introduced it. Mark Slaughter, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I was like, I was, you know, looking, we had just seen him at, I can't remember, I was looking him up and I'm like, on the YouTube, I was like, is that Mark Slaughter playing lead? That is. (laughs) Yep. But their new one is like, it's just like really straight up. I don't know. It was crazy. I don't know. Yeah, I, Nelson. They had that one hit that I barely hear anymore. Yeah. And they, well, they're they, pretty. They were pretty. I think that was about it. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I can't say they weren't talented. Like I know when we're in the van listening to a whole bunch of music, we listen to a lot of good old stuff. Like uh, a lot of people just know Warrant for <laughs> Cherry Pie when. When, when people really dig down that Janie Lane could write a fucking song. Yeah, he could. Like, dog eat dog, man. You know, yeah. there, there's, there's just all kinds of songwriters and real musicians out there, even for that era, that kind of, in a sense, to many people look like clowns because of the mm-hmm. era, the hair, the makeup, and stuff like that. But they really are talented people. Yeah. Um, Kip Winger gets a gets a bad rap too for whatever reason but the guy can write a tune yeah all that you know the the fluff of the time and all that you know for lack of a better right it, it masked what you know these guys could really do like I'm not a Steel Panther fan at all and people are like I'm a rat fan and people are like how can you like rat and not like Steel Panther you know, I think it's pretty easy, dude. You know, <laughs> rat is for real, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, just because you're the house band somewhere in North Hollywood for a few days and you decide to live in a fucking time warp, that's on you. Yeah. You know, but if people enjoy their music, what can I say? I mean, yeah, I'm outnumbered. <laughs> More power to Steel Panther, you know. <laughs> but yes, rat is awesome. <laughs> yeah, you know, I saw him at uh, I last saw him at Rocklahoma in 2013, mm-hmm. and uh, it was the same day, same night Guns N' Roses was playing, and uh, my wife, we were out there, and you know, she's a big Rat fan. She loves Bobby Blotzer. <laughs> anyway, it was like 90 degrees outside, 
and Stephen Piercy was wearing this black blazer on stage yeah. and a stocking cap, and then uh, he he looked like he was hot, man. I mean, like, <laughs> damn, bro, I'm burning up. Take that shit off. He took he took his blazer off. My wife is cheering, yay! And then he lifted up his arms, and his arms started flapping. And she was like, Ugh. she turns and looks at me, and goes. I don't look like that, do I, honey? He's like, oh, no, baby, you don't look like that at all. No, you're beautiful. You're finer than Stephen Piercy. Trust me. Trust me. Just trust me, baby. You're finer than Stephen Piercy. Yes. You know, it was... well, you know they, all get, they all get older. Yeah, I'm going to get older one day. I'm going to try and do it like Denzel, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give it my best to do it like Denzel. Yeah. I'm going to be the Denzel of the music world. There you go. Black has a hard time of cracking anyway. <laughs> But I'm just going to give it my all, take care of myself a lot better so I can look, you know, halfway decent when I'm old and shit, you know. That's the key. That's the key. <laughs> well, you mentioned Rocklahoma. Is there any, uh, you got any good stories from Camp Yeager? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you can say on, where, where on, on Yeager, you know? <laughs> Oh, man. Well, usually most of my, like, festival story started out I was high on weed <laughs> but <laughs> oh man um, the, other other than the normal campground people puking in public and yeah. drinking at 9am and stuff like that which is which can be enjoyable if your liver can handle it uh, I don't there really wasn't anything out of the norm for a festival mm-hmm. you know i there was some mud wrestling going on last year. Yeah, I remember Camp Yeager uh, that first day. They didn't have any hay on the ground, and uh, it, it rained. Of course, and people were trampling through the mud. It got deeper and deeper. Uh, the next day, they had hay laying out, and since the Saturday our Saturday night performance was canceled that that Friday night, Scattered Hamlet was supposed to play, but he Ooh. called it because of the rain. My wife and I went home early. And uh, I tried, we got back home, I showered up, cooked dinner, chill on the couch, about to spark me a dube, and then we're watching the news, and here comes the storm, I'm like, oh man, let me let somebody know out there, because they probably just kicking it, not even knowing what's going on. I'm like, Roger, man, the thunder's coming, bro, the thunder's coming, Roger's like, what? The thunder's coming, man, the storms are coming, he's like, oh yeah, he's like, uh, I heard it was heading heading a different direction. I was like, no, man. I'm sitting here watching TV right now, man. It's coming your way. It's a big, bad motherfucker coming your way. Roger was like, well, Derek's iPhone says it's going to move northeast of us. I said, you're going to trust an iPhone? Never trust an iPhone. It's faulty. Sure enough, they got hit. Yeah. You know, they had weekend passes, so that's why they stayed. And... Uh, Whoever was in a tent got flooded. You know, we got stuck in the mud trying to get to a stage. Wow. You know, uh, that 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 was irritating. Yeah. We only had to go a thousand yards, and we had to have, like, a bobcat pull us out. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, our tent got flooded. Like I said, I've told this story before. Uh, my brother and sister-in-law, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, they were working there, and their tent got flooded and blown away they had to sleep in their car the rest of the time it was nuts out there mm. yeah there's a they were way understaffed too because there's a lot of um a lot of vendors camping mm-hmm. in the artist campground wow 
and they were parking on the road where there was none of that before. Wow. So we could have some place to get in and get out. Yeah. They were just really understaffed this year. And I think that would be my only complaint about it. Yeah. It really wasn't all that secure yeah. for anybody who... But it was the people we were around, especially the musicians campground, we knew who each other was. Mm-hmm. We weren't going to mess with anything anyway. Yeah, right. But there were these strangers, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. People we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's a good thing. That's that's how we got turned on to you guys. Oh, really? We've seen you guys there last few years, a couple of years at least. Is this the third year we played or fourth? This, would be the third, this was the third year we played. Okay. Cool, cool. Yeah, um, we submitted two years before. And uh, we didn't make it. No big deal, you know. If you don't succeed, try again. Yeah. So we're glad that one opportunity led us to come back two more times. You know, we, we really do like playing for the people. and That's it's awesome. That's what, what we enjoy to do. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I like it. Well, what'd you do? Uh, there was a band before King Shifter, right? That involved some of the same members? Yes. And that was, was that Torque? Is that right? Yes. Okay. It's called Torque. And how how long were you guys together? I was in Torque for two years. When I joined Torque, the only person I knew personally was Derek. And he's the bass player at King Shifter. I knew the drummer because he's he's the father of another drummer that's in Wichita area at the time. So... Two people recognizable. The other guy really didn't know who he was very well. But Kevin came in later on as a second guitar player. Um, Kevin was probably in there for about a year. So, altogether six, seven years we've been jamming together. Me and Derek, Kevin. So, we, we pretty much know each other to work with each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very comfortable. <laughs> it's very comfortable. Cool, cool. Where'd the name, does the name have a meaning behind it? No, it really doesn't. Um, not to me anyway. Uh, I know what it means to me, but as far as its actual meaning, I, I don't have one. I, I mean, I didn't necessarily name the band. I think we... We didn't come up with a name until maybe 15 minutes before we got to the venue of our first show. Seriously? Yeah, we yes. we opened up for Texas Hippie Coalition in Salina, Kansas at this bar called the Blue Goat. And uh, <laughs> we, we, we had been kicking around names and combinations for weeks. I mean, weeks. Nothing sounded good. Nobody could agree on anything. But we just, you know, how about King, blah, 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 King Shifter, King Shifter. All right, that sounds cool. Of course, we didn't have the name in mind for 15 minutes. I'm on stage and I'm trying to, I want to tell people what our name is. I lean over, what's our name again? King Shifter. You're King Shifter. Like, oh man. Yes. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> well, how'd you get a gig opening for Texas Hippie Coat? Was it based off of uh, Twerk or like? Um, no. No. Um, I mean, without a name. And we jammed and we thought we could do it. Yeah. <laughs> and we did, too. I mean, right. you know. Well, yeah, that's a behind the scenes. That's a good story. <laughs> yeah, we we, did, we didn't have a name on the way to our first gig. <laughs> that's great. And that's it, awesome. you know, it, 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 might, it might have some type, it might have had some type of meaning if we had already named it and thought about what it could mean collectively and decided that's what it meant but mm-hmm. it didn't happen like that yeah yeah, yeah. 
Right, there you have it. <laughs> What's important is what does King Shifter mean to y'all? You know? yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, going back, did you did you do other stuff between the what was it the Squeaky Weasels? Oh, yeah. Sleepy Weasels. Sleepy Weasels. Sorry. Oh what man. Work like in between that period. Oh yeah, do? yeah. I been. I was in many bands. I was in a. <laughs> I was in thirteen bands in eleven years. Oh wow. Um. Wichita, at, at one point in time, was a bustling scene. It was really happening, and people supported a whole lot of venues and promoters. They didn't step on each other's toes. and uh, Etiquette was used back then. Kind of like the days before guns were brought into street fighting. Knives, chains, great. Nine irons, fine. Guns, no. Disagreements and fights between promoters and bar club owners... No, that's not good either. <laughs> but um, in that period of time, me personally, I was just trying to find some way to fit in and break in. Mm-hmm. I, I have a friend who I've been friends with for many years. Her name is Kyla, and she's a local musician in Wichita. Really talented guitarist slash bassist. She can do both. And uh, she she was a person that got in. You know, she was somebody that was young and respected playing with all these old school cats. So she was kind of like my example of uh, what I would kind of need to do to break in. I wanted to jam with more established musicians to make me better, Mm -hmm. but I was just a late bloomer in the scene. She was already in the scene for a few years before I actually broke through. (laughs) But uh, being a kick-ass pretty lady, she... (laughs) <laughs> she she held her own pretty yeah. fucking good, you know, playing yeah. with some monsters in our town, man. Wow. Wow. And uh, I, I remember us being kids, you know, we called each other on the phone. Hey, Kyle, how you doing? Oh, I'm all right, Sprout. Hold on, my dog ran down the street. We sitting there for like 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Caught him. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but no, she she's a really cool cat. Well, like outside of outside of music, what I know you're into into books and reading and stuff. It's yeah, on Facebook. But like, what else? Uh, I like to read. I like to uh, I like to go hiking. I like camping. I like uh, anything that has to do with uh, surviving in nature. I like knives <laughs> and uh, hunting, which I don't do much of anymore. Yeah. I haven't hunted for quite a few years. I used to go to the rattlesnake hunt in Winoka. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's yeah, awesome. I was the first brother to catch a rattlesnake without a stick since 1968. <laughs> it was great. Uh, there's a local radio DJ in Wichita. I went with him once or twice. And he's like, here's how you do it, Sprout. You know. Oh, wow. wow. I didn't know snakes couldn't see behind them. Can you? I'm like, nope. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so... He likes awesome. to catch lizards and stuff like that. Yeah. There, you go. there you go. Cool, cool. Well, you guys got this is probably gonna air next week, so I mean go up next week, so mm-hmm. uh, what gigs do you guys got coming up after Labor Day or do you got anything scheduled? Man, I don't even know when Labor Day is. <laughs> next weekend. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. next weekend. Yeah. Wow. I got this yeah, like a week and a half. Wow. Uh, well, um I know that September 10th, we will be in Illinois playing Revival Fest. 
it's uh, something our booking agent is promoting and putting on that he does every year. And then on the 11th, we got to make a nice drive to Fort Worth. Oh, man. And then uh, on the 12th of September is my birthday. We're playing at the, the Blue Max in Midland, Texas. Right on. Nice. <laughs> my, my birthday is the 11th. Really? Yeah. <laughs> right on. My birthday in advance. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Fort Worth, are you playing the... We're playing at the, the rail. Club? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and at the wow. old Pantera stomping grounds. Yep. Right? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we... <laughs> We we played in uh, Fort Worth at Tomcats, Tomcats West, uh, just a few weeks ago toward the end of our tour. Cool. And uh, that was a lot of fun. It was a Thursday night show. It was pretty good too. <laughs> Hell yeah! Hell yeah, I drank yeah. a lot of whiskey that night. <laughs> <laughs> I drank a lot of whiskey that. Night. And Hell after yeah. that, you're heading into doing uh, the new album and. Yeah, we got a we got sixteen probably. We got a few more a few more sporadic dates. We're playing Halloween night. Uh, well, before Halloween, we're playing on in Wichita, September nineteenth at the Lizard Lounge with uh, Order of Magnitude, which uh, features members of uh, Dead Orchestra, and they, okay. they've been wow. on tour with Clutch, and uh, they've been on tour with uh, Propane, and yeah, uh, yeah, they they powerhouses from back in the day they got members got back together and started a project Sweet. and it's gonna be good and then on halloween we'll be in el reno's el reno oklahoma at gilmore's oh wow <laughs> that's that's way out there yeah uh, that's west oklahoma that's cool so you're looking at 2016 you think for the, the new music probably for sure yeah for sure it i, I i'm hoping uh to play a couple of new tunes when we come back out on tour uh, next year. I'm hoping to. I'm pretty sure the other fellas are hoping to as well. Because uh, we, 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 we really are ready to write another record. Um, let's see. The 26 Tons was released in September of 2013. So about two year cycle. Yeah. It's about time. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a, coming around. It's about time. Sure. You know, people are wanting some new music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, cool, man. Cool. We're wanting some new music. I bet. I bet. Well, you got anything? Any other? Yeah, you think that covers it? All right, man. It well, thanks for it. taking the time to do this with us. Hey, not a problem. Hey, I just I hope you guys had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> right on.